And we're back. And we're back. Hey, welcome to, to season three of Chasing Sunday. Yes, hello. Yeah, I'm Brian Davis. I'm Paul Romaglevitt. And uh, we are honored to be able to uh, to host this and to uh, to send all of these little messages into your ears. Quite, on- uh, quite, quite honored. And, and yes. we know that there's like a gazillion podcasts. Oh gosh. And right. such great and I'm an I'm a podcast nerd. And yeah. so the fact that like you are spending some of that time that you could be spending on much better podcasts with us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, there it's, are I really agree. There are much worse podcasts. There is a lot of bad follow. ones. So I, I have a friend who who has said this of me. Uh it's like you can do a lot worse than Brian Davis. Yes. So you can do a lot worse than Chasing Sunday. And so we appreciate you spending yeah. uh, a little bit of time with us. Yeah. Uh, this season, um, you know, last uh, in season two, we had some amazing guests, uh, a mm-hmm. lot of uh, just really insightful uh, folks in and out of ministry who were able to to share their knowledge with us. Um, and you, these live on the internet, so they are forever. So if you want to go back yeah. at any time and listen to any of the previous seasons. Uh, please do. We would we would love to know that that you're listening. Uh, but this season, we wanted to take some time over the course of 2022. Um, Paul and I had been working on uh, a coaching platform for worship leaders, kind of a combination of coaching and spiritual formation uh, for worship leaders. Um, and you know, it was, it was about time. You know, four four years into it. Uh, yeah, into into torn curtain, kind of re being reborn. We we finally like we found out what we want to do when we grow up. Yeah, um, and uh, and so we wanted to start to get that get some of those tenants out to uh, to the people and and yeah. um, and 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 try to. I know it's not the same as like being in a room with a group of people, um, but at the same time, like. This is this is our world, you right. know. Like this is the world that we live in, and so um, so we thought, let's just get it out any way we can, and and we've got this podcast. So right. So that's what a lot of this season is going to be about. It's it's sharing those core tenets of uh, of the green room, uh, which is what we call it. I suppose I should I should say the name of what it is. Yeah, it is. Doing. It's called the green room, and yeah. and the green room for anybody who's been anywhere near a stage. Um, whether an actor, a musician, or a speaker, presenter, anything like that, knows that often there is a green room near the stage, which is sort of that place where you're not on stage, but but it's stage adjacent. Right. You're you you know that you're there for a purpose. You're there to either communicate or present art or engage people in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, but that green room is critically important. And I know from the times that I've been involved in church ministry that the green room was uh i protected it pretty um uh, carefully mm. uh because it's where often there were like contract musicians or volunteers and we all had busy lives but in between services or bef- or after a rehearsal we were finally in this place of downtime where we were together mm-hmm. and it was always during that time where we were sharing our stories and maybe we were reflecting on how, what was spirit, you know, how this spiritual journey was uh, going for us. What did we actually think about Jesus? What did we actually think about the church or communion or even justice and and different things that that are just kind of in the air 
And we felt more vulnerable in those spaces um, because we were all all connected to a common purpose, but we wanted to really create a safe space. And that's what the green room is all about. It's mm-hmm. a sta- it's a space where you're not on stage, but you're with other people who have this uh, common purpose and maybe uh, a passion to see people engage with Jesus, with worship, in and with their faith in in a new way. Right. Your your experience with green rooms is far more spiritual than mine. Um, we, <laughs> and it's both, right? We, yeah, we we played Monopoly and Texas Hold'em <laughs> and ate donuts uh, in a lot of the green rooms that I've been in. Um, but it is it's that as well. Like it, it is a place where you can yeah. where you can let your guard down. Yeah, you're not having to perform. Um, and and yeah, we can we can get into this a little bit more throughout the season. But like what. What you're doing, worship leader, when you are on stage, is a you're, you're performing. Mm-hmm. Like it is a performance. It might not be the kind of performance that you see on Broadway or where it's all about you know the actors and the but you know you are you're performing even if it's just performing a ritual. It is a performance, and mm-hmm. so um, when you when you are able to get off stage and you can sort of let your guard down and be be a little bit more. Um, just relaxed and and yourself, and and that's what we want this space to be. Um, and so yeah, even as you're as you're listening to this, maybe find yourself a space where you know it may be in your car, it may be you yeah. know I don't, I don't know where people listen to podcasts, With washing um, dishes, washing dishes, doing coloring books, mm. um, petting yeah. their dog, oh yeah, um. Yeah. Feeding their children, feeding their children, um, ignoring their ignoring children. their children, <laughs> watching their children watch TV or their phone. Well, that's yeah, that's what it is in my house these days. It's just like, anywhere. It could yeah. be a a sacred place, is what yes. we're saying. It's any anywhere that is sacred and and holy to you. Um, but yeah, just just let this uh, let this time be a time of rest and and a break for you. Um, mm-hmm. And, and and an opportunity to just maybe hear some things. Uh, be encouraged that you're not alone in what you're doing or how you're feeling in ministry. Um, and and yeah, uh, that's that's about it. I don't know. Well, what do some, you think? Like how how about we just jump in? Because we're thinking yeah. in these next couple episodes, <clears throat> we're going to introduce to you what the green room is yeah. and how it works. But sort of there's because there's two cycles that we really refer to mm-hmm. a lot in the yeah. green room. We we talk a lot about the cycle of works and the cycle of grace. So I think maybe a good place to start off would be the cycle of works yeah. because it's probably the, the 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 baseline, the default mode right. everybody lives in um at least in our culture. Right. Yeah. And and just a a, a quick disclaimer, this is nothing new. This isn't right. like these these two concepts is, isn't something that isn't aren't aren't something they, they they wasn't. They don't belong to us. Aren't them wasn't. <laughs> they, these are not concepts that we came up with on our own. Um, uh, this was uh, these were developed by a, uh, a, psych- a psychologist and a pastor who had gotten together and were were kind of talking about what was going on in the American church and and why people were you know burning out of ministry or why people were walking away from church and they realized that well there were these two. There were these two cycles at play, and how you how you move around them and how you interact with them really determines like 
well, I don't want to say determines where you end up, but um, but it definitely determines your experience in in faith or in ministry. Um, I was introduced to these when I walked through a, a spiritual formation cohort called the Praxis uh, back in 2021, um, and and that's that started to kind of rattle around in my head a mm-hmm. little bit, and I thought, you know, this this is something I feel like relates so closely to what Paul and I do with Torn Curtain Arts mm-hmm. and 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 why shouldn't worship leaders know about this? Mm-hmm. And so uh that was really kind of the the big catalyst behind this is like let's see how we can adapt this uh to to something that's specifically made for worship leaders. And so there are these four four big pillars uh, or four big areas that we that we go to and from on these cycles, and and they basically both have the same names, but the way that we work our, ourselves around those cycles is really what matters. Um, and those four big things are uh, achievement, um, the kinds of things that that we do, um, and and that leads us to a place of significance. We all want some sort of significance in our lives. We want to know that the things that we've done and the things that we've created, you know get recognized and and mm-hmm. and are are utilized in some other way outside of you know kind of our sphere of influence um and then we hope that that will sustain us that's the 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 third big pillar is is this idea of sustenance like we we all want to make a living you know and yeah. we all need to make a living doing what we're doing um and then we hope that once we once we do all these things we achieve the right things we get the right kind of significance. We have or we have our lives sustained, um, and then we hope that that we'll have this this acceptance from society, from our peers, mm-hmm. from whoever. Um, and that's that's the way we walk around those. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, we we then kind of took those big concepts and thinking about uh, this very old prayer uh, from the Old Testament in Deuteronomy 6, uh, called the Shema, where uh, God says to his people, you should love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And we thought, huh, those there are echoes of those in these four big things that go around these mm-hmm. cycles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, and so that's that gave us these four big pillars for what we ended up calling uh, the green room. Um Strength being those things that we do, uh, the things that we accomplish, um, the things that uh, that we work on and work so hard to uh, to make good and to make a difference in the world. Um, the mind, uh, how we sort of strategize and plan and 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 make our way uh, toward getting those things out into the world so that people know um, our heart, uh, that kind of seat of intuition. Uh, and that that space uh, where we we kind of determine like okay what's the next thing where are we going to go um, and then uh, our soul which really at the you know at the root of the soul there's a lot of and, and we could probably do a whole series of podcasts on what exactly the soul is and what it means um, but I think really at the at the very bottom of it all uh, is that's where our identity is really rooted. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, yeah. that's a, a, a very quick and convoluted background on how we got to these places. And before, one thing I do want to mention is that something I recognize 
in the cycle of works that seems very familiar, especially right now, is really living from a place of sustenance Mm. is, I think, because after that pandemic, people are just getting by. Right. And they're so exhausted and they're tired. And it's just like they don't have time to think about these big pieces that right. even the concepts right. cycle of work cycle of yeah. grace is just sort of like uh i'm sorry i've just got i've just got to get dinner on the table right or i'm exhausted and i just need to like literally tune out with netflix for sure. for a little bit um that's not necessarily like to say that those times aren't needed right but they we tend to make them habits and yeah. and we fall into them by default. Yeah. And so then our lives then are structured around just getting by, right. just sustaining, just trying to like, what's the next job that I have to do just so I can get food on the table or pay rent or right. something like that. And And it's that type of thinking that keeps us in this loop, this yeah. trap yeah. of always going. And then any anytime we would think outside of just sustenance, we'd go into achievement mode. Right. Because it's like, okay, if yeah. I know I, I've got to be able to work harder and faster and better in order to break the cycle that I'm in. Right. Which only keeps you yeah. trapped in it that loop. Trapped in the cycle. Well, and I think one of the other things that that the you know, when when everything shut down mm-hmm. for the pandemic in 2021, it really coincided with something that was already happening, but I think it really sped it up, um, was this sort of, I don't want to say a mass exodus, but there's there have been, you know, there's been the great resignation and yeah. all that kind of stuff that, yeah. that we've heard about in, in the news. That's, that's happening in the church. Like, yeah. Um, you know, we've seen it a lot. There are a lot of churches right now that, like, they don't have a worship leader. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those worship leaders left during or post, mm-hmm. you know, post-pandemic when things started opening up. Not for other jobs either. And not, not for, for other jobs. Yeah. No. Um, or, or if they did take other not jobs, other church they took jobs, jobs out, outside the church. Right. I think because what they saw is when everything shut down and all of a sudden, like, not the— well, it could be like, the, oh, this piece of meaning was sort of taken away from them. You know, like yeah. if I'm not, well, if, I, if I'm if i not going into the office to, if I'm not going into the church to get my set list ready and have all these meetings and do all these things to plan for another Sunday service, like what am I doing this for? Yeah. But then what also happened is like churches still continue to meet like virtually or, you right. know, they, they found ways Life finds a way. Um, they found ways of of still continuing to meet together, and I think there was this dissonance in their heads of like, if we can still like, we're still able to worship together, but I didn't have to do all this work yeah. to make it happen. Yeah. What What the hell am I doing here? Yeah. You know what is all this stuff for? Right. What is all this stuff uh-huh. for? And so, um, and so for some people, it it that. That was an experience that got them out of, yeah. you know, got them out of that that cycle of works, and we'll explain a little bit more about how that happens and and how we get on that. Um, but but it sort of it gave them this this freedom that they yeah. had never experienced before. For some, it was disillusioning. For some, it was it was really like, oh, I can still I I can still do this. I can still 
create worship experiences and and lead people in worship without having to do all of this other stuff yeah that that sort of like you know justifies my <laughs> my role at yeah. this church yeah you know and so um and so, yeah, I think those are those are two big lessons. It's a, that it, we learned. From, it's been a huge gift, yeah. but not not in the way we expect to get right. gifts because yeah. it really exposed a lot of the ways in which we were just playing church sure. or sure. going to the office yeah. and just and and there were a lot of churches too that that you know it didn't slow anything down for them. If mm-hmm. anything, it accelerated the pace mm-hmm. because then it became a like oh. Crap. We're gonna we die. St- we still have to. We still yeah. have to do something on Sunday. And a lot of these churches had more. You know, maybe they had more resources, and yeah. so it wasn't. You know, maybe there was a week gap there before. Yeah. You know, before they were able to get their live streams up and running, or figure uh-huh. out if they want to. Like, do we want to record like a whole month's week of you know, right. a whole a whole month's worth of services in advance, and then just broadcast? And them, look around now. Or, how many how many churches are still doing live streaming? Right. Not as many as we were expecting yeah. to, that would keep it. No. I mean, on my our, my church, we we shut ours down. Um, gosh, it's been it's been almost a year since we yeah. since we finally shut ours down. Yeah. Um, and there were a lot of reasons for that, but uh-huh. um, but yeah, I, I, there were some churches that that became really dependent on it, and right. there are some churches that have really solid reasons for still doing it. You know, they, and yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. There is, there is to some degree, it gave us something that we'll never go back to is an awareness that uh, our, the, the, the size of our community right. is not directly correlated to the physical people in the building. Right. Like, Absolutely. And, and that's created a whole new host of different assumptions. Right. Like, who do we think of when we think of people coming to church on a Sunday? Right. Are the people in the building all we right. think about? And it's not the case anymore. We yep. don't think about just the people. And are the people there every week or three times, you know, once every three weeks, yeah. you know, yep. and, and what, what, what is the church? Now, it, those things are changing, but the way we work and live hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. The kind of anxiety that that produces right. is, is what leads to this burnout, is right. what leads to this kind of like um, – we're still trying to get last year's metrics, right. you know, when right. all of those things are gone oh, yeah. and just beating ourselves up because right. we just can't achieve that. Right. And then it calls into question all things about our, our identity and, right. and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's, do we, these were, these were debates that we had once we came back to in-person services, but still had our live stream going. Like, how do we, how do we count? the people that show up for the live stream. Cause you know, we, we have to know how many people yeah. were there, you know? So it's like, yeah. there were some people where like a couple of families would gather on a Sunday morning in someone's home uh-huh. and watch the live stream together. Or like, like, well, did we, did, did they have their camera on? Could we see that their kids were there watching it with yeah. them? Do we count yeah. all those people? Like, how do we, like, how do we know? Like, how do we know how, how we many know? people were a part of it? Um, and so, yeah, it was very, it was all very interesting yeah. to me. And, and yeah, I get it that people have, you know, people have different jobs in the church. Some of them are to count how many people were there, right? how much money comes in and all that kind of stuff. So, so when we introduce yeah. something like this, like a cycle of grace, mm-hmm. it, it feels so disruptive. It right. feels almost, uh, anti, it feels anti-growth. 
Right. It feels like, okay, then maybe we don't care enough about people coming to church. We don't care enough about, um, uh, I don't know, lost souls. Right. That's a, that's a, it's a term I, I don't necessarily relate to anymore, but <laughs> right. I, but I know there's, it's very important to a lot of people and it's yeah. very, and, and, but if we look at the rhythm of Jesus, mm-hmm. who I think we could say with pretty high amount of certainty cared for lost souls, right? he wasn't running around in a panic going, and there were other people going like, hey, you're you're missing tour dates, Jesus. Right. <laughs> you're, we've got to go over to Jerusalem, then we've got to go to Judea. Right. And he's just kind of like, ah, I'm going to take a nap. Yeah, or right. it's just kind yeah. of like I'm gonna I'm gonna actually get in the boat and get away from these right. people. <laughs> yeah, well, this this crowd too big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and he was like the worst um, movement leader ever. <laughs> it was the, it was like, and it was so great that the that the um that the the writers of the gospels really capture that tension. Right. Right. They can really see like, oh, look at how Judas is acting. Look at how Peter is acting. Right. Look at where John falls right. in the mix. And yeah. Um, um, and what's what's great is that the movement obviously did not suffer. Right. It continued to grow. Yeah. It yeah. continued to, um, you know, expand beyond, uh, controversially, uh, expand beyond where people thought it should go. Right, right. And um, it just happens that I think a model like this, a rhythm like this, mm-hmm. that we do believe is pretty divinely established. Yeah, from the time in which they're the the first Israel nation is is created, and they're like, "Listen, this is the framing prayer. Right, you will love the Lord your God, God's. I mean, it's it's one of those strange. I, I'm not going to get into okay. that. Um, but <laughs> you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Actually, it does say, uh, "Hero Israel, the Lord is." One, one God, right. you know, it's not, and is, that is the um, linchpin of your identity. Right. Is this is the way you will move in the world. And if we did become divorced from that, it doesn't matter how hard we want it. It doesn't matter how hard we work. It will not produce the same fruit. Right. Um, and that's kind of the end result of the cycle of grace, which is not more accomplishments, but fruit. Right. And fruit comes naturally if if a tree is planted well and is healthy. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and obviously this is something that that you and I are very passionate about. And so uh, I feel like we we did just a real quick like scatter shot of like. Here's all these things, like, right. and 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 let me try to to hone it in, yeah. uh, or, or bring it in, and, and kind of focus focus it in on on specifically the cycle of works, yeah, um, because the way that we move around these cycles really matters, and and um, cycle of works. This is what what we have come to start calling the achievement trap, um, or the ministry treadmill. Mm-hmm. Um, what what I think has happened is uh, with with the church in general capital C um, is that uh, the vast majority of our ministry life and our resources have become uh, overly focused on uh, things like strategies and structures building and creating and innovating the 
these these mind and strength things, these mm-hmm. uh, these achievement and significance uh, portions of of the cycle, um, and uh, and what yeah. So we we think like okay, so if I if I do more, if I achieve more, if I if I make more, uh, you know, if I build my worship team a certain way, if I do these right songs, if I do you know if I if we have the right lights, if we have the right, you know, sound system, all those kinds of things. Like, um, if I pick the right songs, we are, we are going to see growth, you know, and, and for, for a lot of years that has worked for the church. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so we, we, we chase after those things. We go to the conferences, we go to, you know, we, we, we buy all the books and, uh, and all these things, but the vast majority of them are, are very much about like, here are like, here's five ways mm-hmm. that you can, five things that you can do <laughs> that will grow your ministry, mm-hmm. that, that will get you to this. That, and, and we, even without like kind of knowing it, like we do want, like we, we want to give God all the glory for it. Mm-hmm. And we say that and we pray that. But at the end of the day, like it sure would be nice if, in addition to that, somebody knew that Church X down the street is doing this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, because who's going to come to our church if they don't know about what we're doing? Yeah, you know, and so um, and so we we go to the conferences, we read the books, we 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 find out all these things that we need to do to have our ministry grow in a certain way and become this certain thing. And, and that's, you know, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. Like there, there are, you know, yeah, we do want people to hear the message of Jesus. Mm-hmm. We do want people, you know, in the room experiencing the, you know, these environments that we create. Absolutely. Um, but what I think has happened is we've done that at the cost of our hearts and souls. Mm-hmm. Like we, we, because we haven't focused on the soul care of people in ministry, and and I would say, sometimes even specifically, in in worship ministry, um, because we do get in this this pattern of, as the podcast is titled, of chasing Sundays. Mm-hmm. Like, that's great. You did all these really cool things this Sunday. How are we going to do it better next Sunday? Mm-hmm. How are we going to make it bigger? How are we going to make it brighter? How are we going to make it louder? Like, how are we going to get more people to come see this thing that we're doing? Yeah. And that's exhausting. And, yeah. and, and that I think is, is another reason why you're seeing so many worship leaders leaving yeah. the church today or finding, finding other roles where they don't have to, they don't have to do all that stuff. Like they don't have to be part of the day to day. They can come in, they can still lead worship. They can still, you know. And it's baffling to senior pastors right now because yeah. they're like, why can't I just find somebody that wants to come in and and do a you know forty to fifty hour a week job? Well, I find that it's I find it's related to a little bit of the problem of um, the temptation we have toward easy spiritual growth. Oh yeah, like I love clarity. Um, I love when things are packaged in a way that can, uh, I don't have to burn a lot of calories to use, you know, so the four points, the five points, the sort of thing. I'm attracted to that like any other human is because our brains fundamentally work the same way. We gravitate towards certain, we 
ter- I'm sorry, gravitate towards certainty. We gravitate towards mm-hmm. simplicity and patterns. Mm-hmm. So anything in threes and fives, they're going right. to catch our attention. But the kind of wisdom or insight that you get from that right. is going to be as easily lost as it is gained. Right. So you're going to get it, you'll use it, and then it'll be on your your self-help shelf. Right. You know, to be just there keeping your self-help shelf up, yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> but but the truth is there is uh, there is this – well, I think um, we have a friend, Chuck, who would say we would hide in complexity. Mm-hmm. And instead of um, – Boldly walking into the simple things that we know are good. Right. But the things that we know are simple and good, they're hard to do by ourselves. Right. We do need other people along with us. We need a mirror. Mm-hmm. We need somebody to show us, like, here's where you actually are, and um, and it's okay, right. but it does mean perpetual, like, growth and change is going to happen. It's not going to be like once you've nailed these five ways of clearing your inbox, you're going to be fine forever or figuring (laughs) out how to recruit volunteers. And if you just use my system, you will never deal with this problem again. That is wrong. It is a lie. And it's part of what the green room is really about. Well, that's the thing. Like one of the things that really drives that, that sense of, of achievement is innovation. Like you uh-huh. mentioned, you know, I've I like a lot of people, I have a shelf full of all these ministry books. Yeah. And the thing is, is like that's gonna work until somebody comes up with a better idea. Right. Like that song is gonna be awesome and everybody in your congregation is gonna love it. Until the next new song comes, which along. is like a week later, which is not even <laughs> not that. even a week. Like, that's that's like three days later. Someone yeah. else is coming out with another song, and so it's it that I think is what drives it as well. It's yeah. like yeah, I can I can read all these things about cleaning out my inbox and about you yeah. know making sure that my you know volunteers are cared for, and making sure that that the you know sound system is is set up right and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean technology. Technology mm-hmm. is another thing that I think really drives that is yeah. because like the the innovation and 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 all of that like it's insatiable. Uh-huh. Like the minute you think you have the latest and greatest thing, then like next year you got to go to CES in Vegas again and yeah. see what well what did they come out with this year and is that better than what I have? Because if it's if it's better than what I have, I need to get it before somebody else right. gets it. And guess what? There's a profit incentive to keep oh, you in that system. Absolutely, <laughs> obviously, absolutely. Yeah. The amount of money that and and yeah. I don't want to I don't want to turn this into like judging how churches spend their money and and all that kind of stuff. But but I mean, there are a lot of things that that churches are spending money on uh-huh. that they probably don't need to, yeah. you know, because. Does that thing still work? Does it still make sound come out uh-huh. of the speakers? You know, <laughs> does 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 that projector still like like is the bulb still yeah. okay? Like, is it yeah. can people still see the lyrics? Yeah, then maybe we can wait on the next new thing. Yeah, you know, um, and so uh, yeah, the the innovation and and the rate at which things are changing and improving. Yeah in our world just drives that sense of like I have to have the latest and greatest uh-huh. if I'm going to keep up with you know with whatever churches down the road or whatever churches broadcasting on YouTube or whatever church has you know the latest big song that has come out mm-hmm. like it just 
that that will never ever stop. Yeah, and so, so that you have to have sort of an ethic of minimalism, some some way, yeah, uh, to to approach and and something like um, and here we are with a green room saying like here's this new platform, here's this new product or this sort yeah. of thing yeah. to deal with it. But and there's some and at some point you can't get away from it in in the fact that you are presenting new ideas. You do sure. want to have something, but. In honest, in all honesty, this stuff is so obvious, right? That it could be you could just take this and run and not listen to anybody ever. The truth is, we can't. We usually don't do it by ourselves. No, like how many gym memberships go unused? <laughs> how many? Right. You know, all this stuff. Right. No, you usually can't do it unless you are in a community of people who are kind of also saying. Um, I need help or I'm not alone. You're not alone. I mean, all that yeah. is the, the thing that that's going to be what you're going to use the rest of your life. Right. Somebody who's saying like, man, I am addicted to the cycle of works, right. but I'm trying to change it. Right. And I want to live in this other way. And there is no, it's not a binary thing. It's not like you right. switch from one to the other. Yeah. And now it's like, we are constantly wrestling with this, this flow of back and forth. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, those, yeah, the way that we get stuck in these things and, and the way that we get stuck in that, in that cycle of works is that we, we begin to think that the, the things that I have or the things that I have built will generate some sort of significance for me. Yeah. You know, we get addicted to those pats on the back. Yeah. You know, you do that song that people like on Sunday morning and, mm-hmm. and they're not slow to tell you. You know, mm-hmm. they they will come up to the stage afterwards and like, oh, I'm so glad we finally did that song. And, oh, you sang it so beautifully. And mm-hmm. and uh, and so we we feel that that significance start to rise up in, mm-hmm. in us like, OK, so I I did this. And, and then we start to see, you know, we start to see like, oh, now pe- more people are showing up. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, oh, there's more, there are more people to sing to. Like, I must be doing something right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to like make this into my formula, mm. you know? Yep. And, and, uh, the, the more we're able to, to do that, the more we may get recognized by our leadership and say like, Hey, you're doing a great job. Your team is growing. We're, we're getting great feedback on the music and like, you've made all these improvements and, and it's so great. Like, how about a raise? Like, mm-hmm. how about maybe now you can have your own office? You know, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. And we, you know. And, and I'm not in the broom closet anymore. I, I, don't have to, I don't have to live under the stairs anymore. <laughs> I'm a real boy. Um, you know, I, I just mixed up all kinds of like Harry oh, Potter hey, and Pinocchio. And Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, Harry, Pin- uh, Harry Pinocchio? Harry no. Pinocchio. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a used car salesman. <laughs> Don't remember, Harry Pinocchio will take care of you. If, if you know somebody that needs a, a, new, a, a used car, you send them to Harry you Pinocchio. You call Harry Pinocchio. <laughs> you call Harry Pinocchio. I got to take care of you. Oh, um, <laughs> and and we're back. <laughs> um, but but those those ideas of like, okay, so now I've got the better paycheck I've, I'm, you know, now maybe we can get that house and, mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe you get married and you start popping out kids and, and, you know, you get, you get the, you know, the, the full-time job now and, and now you've got vacation time built in. So right. let's go to Disneyland and let's, you know, I, we can start to build this, this great life 
that we always thought that that we should have or that you yeah. know that you know the people told us about like yeah this is this is the point of all of it yeah. you know and and then we hope that someday like after we've done enough you know when when we've we've created the great thing and we got recognized for it and we got the paycheck um then we hope that somebody will look at us and say good job yeah like you you did it like you you did this thing way to go and the the problem with that is and we we just talked about it is like innovation is always going to keep you from getting to that place of acceptance like yeah. there's there's always going to be something new or better or some like Younger hotshot worship leader yeah. in his skinny jeans and his <laughs> denim coat. Um, sorry, I'm I'm feeling old today. So, uh, you know who's going to come? But even along that to, image, right, is like 20 years ago. <laughs> that was like, oh. I know, I know. This is uh, absolutely to our point. It's just you keep getting older, and right. you keep. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. Yeah, and so we we end up back in that back down toward like. So what what do I have to achieve now? What do I have to build now yeah. that's going to get me back to that place of significance and sustenance? And uh, I still didn't do enough. Okay, that's yeah. all right. I'll, I'll make something new. I'll make something better. Right. I'll go to the next conference and figure out, like, what are they doing now? You know, and, and, and that is – that right. is that ministry treadmill. That is the achievement right. trap. That is the cycle of works. Right, because solving a problem guarantees one thing, and that is you will be given more problems you know, to yeah, solve. Absolutely. You people will say, This guy is doing it. Yeah. This gal is doing it. Yeah. She's making it happen. Yeah. And let's just give her more because yeah. look at what she's already done. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah, it's yeah. and you go, Well, if this is the trap. Yeah. I mean, you've you either got to like um uh accept it yeah and that that this is what it's going to be mm-hmm. but if you want something different you can't ask the same questions right. anymore right mm-hmm. and and that i think is is where where a lot of this stuff was born out of for mm-hmm. us and why you know even why torn curtain exists yeah. is because we had played that game yeah for so long and we were so tired um, and, and we knew so many other worship leaders like us who, who just said like, I can't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to play anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. A lot of, a lot of us feel like though, like, and, and Paul, you and I have talked about this a lot, like, but what else can I do? Like this is right. This is all I've got, and that brings you to the existential. Right. Yeah, hopefully, it's like, pushing you toward the existential cliff. Yeah, absolutely. I think absolutely yeah. is like so. This is this is all I was ever trained to do. Yeah, this was all I was ever told that I would do. Yeah, like oh, there's a there's a mind f for yeah. you. Like you know, like yeah. oh, we just we always knew yeah. that this is what you would be doing. Yeah. And and it's so great to see you doing it yeah. and doing it so well and being so successful at it. Yeah. And inside, I'm going. I want to die. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I I don't care if I ever stand on another stage again and sing a song. Like, yeah. Yeah. like I'm glad that you're proud of me, and I'm, yeah. I'm glad that that all those people, those those giants on your shoulders, who yeah. are all telling you, like, yeah, this is the thing that you've got to do. Yeah. are all, you know, sort of beaming with their own little sense of pride because maybe they had a little something to do with it, right. you know. And uh, you you do get to a point, like you said, you get to that the edge of that existential cliff where you're like, there has to be something better than mm-hmm. this. There has to be something better and something more 
to not just ministry, but there has to be more to following Jesus mm-hmm. than just doing these great things for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, because that's how it all gets couched mm-hmm. is like, so there, there's this sort of variation mm-hmm. to this cycle. So uh, where, you know, you you do find some some piece of acceptance, you know, or or a, a pastor will will preach a sermon like, you know, your identity is in Christ and you are enough, and and this is like you, like even if you don't do anything else, like just just knowing and loving Jesus is enough. Now you've accepted that, great, get to work. Yeah, you know, <laughs> good for you. Now it's time for you to go, you know, jump into ministry full time or go to seminary or volunteer. And so we, we do like, we sort of start to, to hone in on getting it right. Like, and then we say, but, but now it's all about what you do. Yeah. It's all about what you do. Like you figured out who you are. Awesome. Now do something. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's just, yeah, that's even more exhausting. Right. You get to rest for a minute, but then it's like. Yeah. So now what? And and I think when the cycle of works and cycle of grace uh, collide, mm-hmm. I think a, one of the things that happens is we realize how small our gospel was. Oh, yeah. And we just realize like, oh, that's all I thought right. he was interested in. Yeah. That's all I was being saved to do. <laughs> right. Um, how... Uh, I got mad. Mm. I, I was just sort of like, uh, what a jip. Like yeah. I got, I got cheated. Yeah. Um, thankfully I began because in that moment you realize, oh, there's so much more. Yeah. I, I think of like, you just, we were talking, I, I love, there's a, I'm going to butcher the quote. James Baldwin writes, if God can't succeed at making us, uh, more generous, more loving, bigger, uh, more expansive, then it's time we get done with him mm. and get rid of him. Yeah. Get rid of him altogether. Yeah. And I kind of think that was, I think that's a very Jesus-y thing to say. I don't even know. Yeah. I, I just feel like there was so much of that. And definitely within what Paul, the apostle Paul was writing, it was like, listen, your small story is not cutting it. Right. Um, and thank goodness, thank God yeah. there is, um, that's good news. Yeah. That's gospel. Yeah. That is a thing that's just like, oh, it's even better. It's even wider and stronger right. than I can imagine. Right. Absolutely it is. Yeah. And it, and it's going to be way more than just what you do for work. Come on. Right. <laughs> right. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's, you know, I, you see how, and you can see how pervasive this is in, mm-hmm. in, in, especially in, in Christian circles, um, for people, you know, people of faith, whether they, you know, there's sort of this divide between the people who attend church and the people who are leading the church, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and the people who attend church have a tendency to look at the people who are leading as like yeah. these great noble, you know, like, right. you know, they're, these, these are, these are the real Christians. Mm-hmm. Like these, these are the professional Christians. Mm-hmm. And, and if I can just be like them, and I got to a place mm. after a while where, you know, where when I was sitting down with people who, you know, who would look at me that way and want to know, like, oh, Brian, like, how do you, like, how do you follow Jesus so well? And how do you, like, you know, when you pick these songs and when you do all these things, like, oh, it's just so awesome. And I'd be like, 
what do you do? Like what, what is the thing that you do, yeah. you know, Monday through Monday through Friday. And I would be fascinated by their jobs, by their, yeah. by these things that, that, that they would do. And, and they didn't understand how I could be so like, you know, almost enamored with yeah. this like normal job that they had, you know, quote and, unquote. Yeah. Quote unquote. Yeah. Cause there, there are no normal jobs. No. Everything everybody does is weird. Yeah. Um, but you know, this was sort of like, it, it was, it was my, cause they, we've, we've built up being in the clergy or working in church as such a noble profession, yeah. you know, such a holy thing. And, and maybe to some extent it is, but I was like, that's like, all of us have access to the kinds of things that, that I do on a on yeah. a daily or weekly basis to get to that place on Sunday morning. Like we all have access to it, yeah. but not just on Sunday mornings when we all gather together, you know? Yeah. And so this, this idea of, and, and we're all caught in that same kind of achievement trap, whether that's in our, yeah. whether that's in our spiritual lives or whether that's in our personal lives or whether that's in our work lives, like that we're all doing that. Like we all recognize that that is a, that that's a cycle that we all live in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, it doesn't, it's not any better just because you work in ministry, no. you know? And I think that that can, that can kind of blow some people's I, minds. I do think it actually, it makes it even worse. It's, it's like the same situation. Honestly, I do find that there's a connection between pastors, police, teachers, mm. the the fact that we create these enshrined holy right. positions that we place all our superhuman aspirations onto these yeah. people and we wonder right. why are why are their marriages uh, falling apart. Right. Why are they having these awful sexual scandals? Um, and in isolation, why the violence, so much of the violence in the police, right. I mean, we don't really look at underneath the, it's like, what's the system that's keeping people trapped in this, right? You on this side and me on this yeah. side with the, with clergy, you on that side, me on this side. Right. So that when you fall, I can feel, uh, absolved. That right. I was like, oh, look at how holier than now you were. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I, I don't want to curse on that. <laughs> but I feel like we we have, I think, well um, painted the picture yeah. of this tension, the cycle of work, cycle of grace, that is really like the the framework. Yeah. Of the whole of the whole green room, yeah. You know, of yeah. what we're doing and yeah. and this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think next week it'll be fantastic because we're going to really jump into the first pillar yeah. of what our green room looks like. And it's and we start with soul. Yeah. Why do we start with soul? So we start with soul because one, we need to we need to reverse this cycle somehow. Yeah. And so we we need to to find a way of getting out of like what I what I make and what I do mm-hmm. defines who I am. Mm-hmm. We have to get away from that. Um, because even in even in Christian circles, even in, in in spiritual circles, working in ministry, that is such a pervasive thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I said, we we will we'll, we'll touch on the fact that we're accepted and loved unconditionally, but but then that that needs to drive us to do something. Mm-hmm. That needs to move us into doing something, whether that's evangelizing, whether that's crafting yeah. set lists, all that kind of stuff. And so, if we can get if we start with the soul. 
in this place of acceptance that that wherever you are, whatever you've done, whatever you are doing, you're you're accepted mm-hmm. as a deeply loved child of God. Yeah. Um, and if we can if we can even come close to wrapping our heads and our hearts around that. Mm-hmm. It, it can make all the difference yeah. because all of a sudden it isn't about what I have to accomplish. It isn't about what I have to, you know, what, you know, it isn't about being recognized for the things that I've accomplished. Mm-hmm. It isn't even about the paycheck or the, or the kind of life that I want to sustain or the mm-hmm. kind of ministry that I want to sustain all of it. Like it's just done right there. Yeah. You know, when, when you come face to face with this, and I, I understand, like, even as I say these words, I'm thinking, like, there's a voice in the back of my head saying, like, do you really believe that? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Brian, do you, like, on your worst day, do you really still believe that? No. <laughs> but that's why I have to keep coming back. Yeah, yeah. That's why I have to keep coming back to this place of saying, yeah. like, I, yes, Brian, you, in all of, with all of your scars and. hmm with all of the pain that you've been through, all of mm-hmm. the pain that you've caused, mm-hmm. all of the ways that you feel like you've fallen short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's the Brian that I still deeply love yeah, and care yeah. about. If we can get there. Yeah. And if we can find a way to live there mm-hmm. and not, I don't even want to say live out of there because mm-hmm. that, Just that has there. to come, that has to come later. Mm-hmm. We have to find ways to just, sit there mm-hmm. and say, this, this is enough. Yeah. This is enough. Yeah. Because God's looking at us and saying like, before you do anything, mm-hmm. you're enough mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. And so if we can, and then I cried on my podcast <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I went and cried all over the podcast. Um, that's why I think it's so important Yeah, and why it's, but also why it's, it's really, really difficult. Yeah. It's so hard for us to to accept our acceptance, yeah. Um, because we have we have what we think is so much evidence against us, yeah. and so um, and so and and those those accusations come out in the at the worst times. Right. You know, they come out when we're only s- at the worst times. Only at the worst <laughs> times. It never comes out at a good time. Yeah, like you know, it's like we're we're standing on stage and yeah. we're singing a song and. This has happened. I mean, this happens to me. I feel like almost every single time I stand yeah. on a stage, like you have absolutely no business doing yeah. this. Uh, me too. Fraud Brian, stuff. And yeah. I, and how long you've been doing music ministry? Oh, 20, you and me, yeah, twenty 25 years. years. Yeah, twenty five years. And I, doing this. And, and the fact that that won't go away. Yeah. You know, you just have to go like, well, then it really has nothing to do with what you do or do not do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be there. Yeah. And so in those, yeah, those, those worst moments when you're, uh-huh. yeah, or it's it doesn't even have to be that. It can be just the way that your mind wanders. Yeah. You know, while you're singing a song. And then, you know, halfway through the, you know, second verse, you're like, why, why am I thinking about that? I'm supposed to be doing this. Like, it doesn't matter where I go to lunch afterwards. Like, you know, yeah. I, I'm supposed to be leading. This, so I got to get back to, yeah. to being holy. Those are all those ways that those, those tapes and those accusations come in. Yeah. yeah. And, and like you said, it's probably never going to stop. Yeah. You know, the, our, our our enemy and our subconscious yeah. and our memory is relentless. Yeah. And it will take every opportunity it can right. to say, uh-uh, no, 
what are you doing? Yeah. You don't have any right to be doing this. Right. And the, the, the more time that we're able to spend and, and root ourselves in this idea of enoughness and, and how deeply loved we are, mm-hmm. the easier it is. I don't think we'll ever quiet those voices, but the easier it gets to either ignore them mm-hmm. or just acknowledge them, name them for what they are, mm-hmm. and, and notice it and say, you know what? You're right. I did do that thing, mm-hmm. but I'm a— It's part deep, of the story. I'm a deeply mm-hmm. loved child of God. Yeah. Even in spite of that, yep. I'm, I'm enough. Mm-hmm. It's okay for me to be doing this. Yeah, um, because because yeah. God said so. Yeah, uh, because God says this is who I am. Right, um, and so that's why. Yeah, that's one of the reasons that that we start at the soul. Right, um, and 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 move on from there. Because um, because that's that is, I think that's the biggest hurdle that we have to that we have to clear. Yeah. It, and there is a resistance that's really invested in you never yeah. going there. I will say that there mm-hmm. is there, whatever, however you want to define spiritual warfare these days. But I do think that there is some resistance yeah. that is aimed at keeping you away from your soul, yeah. away from your identity. Um, and, uh, we have to be aware aware of that, not be mm-hmm. defined by that, not right. be like defined by its antagonism, right? But but understanding that there is there and there are also there's people and structures and systems that um, that really depend on you never waking up. Oh, you know, yeah, and stuff. So we're yeah. gonna jump into that next week. Um, yep. Talk all about the soul. What is the soul? How do we cultivate it? Where do we live? What is some of the ways and behaviors and habits that we can do to cultivate living from that enoughness? Um, mm-hmm. But um, but thanks for listening for, yeah. uh, this this first week as we jump into season three. And um, you know we're we're supported by Torn Curtain Arts, um, which is a nonprofit five hundred one c three. So if you can support, you like this work. You think you can um, support us? Please go to torncurtainarts.org forward slash donate. Um, give whatever you feel like you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can't give, just write a review or like us, uh, subscribe on the Apple Podcast. That would please, be fine. Please, please like us. Please like us. Oh, wait, no, you can't that's... like us on Apple Podcasts. You I think can? you can just oh, you not can like subscribe. A, that's on the okay. socials. Oh, the socials you can like. You can't. On the socials. You can't thumbs us. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> can't thumb you us can't on, Apple. <laughs> on Apple uh, Podcasts. No, it really does mean a lot. Uh, not not just. I mean, not just to us, but yeah. the more we can can help other worship leaders outside of you know our little circle of influence. Um, the yeah, I I just. I hope you can tell how passionate we are about this and how strongly we think that this can, that this can make a difference, not just for worship leaders, but for churches. And so uh, please, yeah, tell all your friends, tell all your enemies, um, especially your enemies. Uh, enemies. So, uh, so yeah, we, we do appreciate it. If you do want to know more about uh, the green room as well, uh, if you're a worship leader listening to this and you think, Hey, that sounds like a community I want to be involved in. Uh, you can also go to greenroomleaders.com. Uh, there's a lot of information up there. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for, uh, for jumping into to season three with us. And, uh, we'll look forward to, uh, to having more, uh, more conversations in the coming weeks and months. Years, years, even. I don't know how long will it last. (laughs) Um, But yeah, thank you for listening. We will, uh, we'll catch you very, very soon. 
Chasing Sunday is a production of Torn Curtain Arts and distributed by Resonate Media. Your hosts are Brian Davis and Paul Romig-Levitt, with editing and mixing by Danny Burton. Torn Curtain Arts is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your tax-deductible gifts make our work possible. For more information about TCA and to partner with us in our ongoing work, visit torncurtainarts.org.